Section 2 of Captain Billy's Whiz Bang Volume 3, Number 28 December 1921 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org Recording by Alan Lawley Captain Billy's Whiz Bang Volume 3 Number 28 December 1921 By W. H. Forsett Drippings from the Forsett Part 1 It is a long jump from a one-horse town like Robbinsdale to the land of deciduous fruits forbidden fruits fruitless fruits movie stars reformers abalone cufflinks outdoor plumbing and or night burglar service meaning california of course i am at this writing occupying a room in that well-known san francisco hostelry which fatty arbuckle tried to convert into an ice house the only kick i have against the st francis is that the room clerk assigned me to twin beds being of a bolshevikie theosophical frame of mind and also very lonesome i moved the other twin alongside my twin and slept soundly ever after lolled around for two weeks at the alexandria in los angeles and before that at a hotel at colorado that fairly oozed hospitality although older than the handles on solomon's wheelbarrow there is an ancient quip about the three divisions of liars plain liars d liars and native sons also there used to be one that went something like this the miners came in forty nine and the janes in fifty one etc etc but they are both all wrong despite what gus brother said about robinsdale not being a one-horse town after he had spent a week wearing the white-winged vestments i am willing to admit that los angeles and san francisco have opened the eyes of an inquisitive farmer from the aforesaid robinsdale they seem to have everything here including the whiz-bang and in this connection permit an old farmer the privilege of remarking that the leading california news distributors egbert brothers tell me the little old banger leads all twenty-five cent magazines in california in the matter of circulation sir robinsdale is on the map in california even if we don't call a hencoops renaissance architecture and our dog houses colonial garages we landed in los angeles just in time to pluck down in the centre of a quarrel between expert fanatics and the motion picture people a flock of moonbeam chasing neurasthenic preachers insist that evil was not brought into the world by the serpent in eden but was created by thomas edison who invented the motion picture machine the latest synthetic scheme of the reformers calls for los angeles censorship for every picture manufactured and exhibited in the city if the long hairs get away with it and we don't think they will it will be a huge moral victory 
Los Angeles youth will then be limited to such amusement as may be gleaned from shooting craps, joyriding, dancing at roadhouses, poker, and looking for one's umbrella. This umbrella story has spinach on it, but in small towns like Robbinsdale, it is still good. Has to do with the churchgoer, who arose hurriedly and left the church as the pastor, was in the midst of reading the Ten Commandments. He explained to the pastor afterward that it had just been recalled to his memory where he had left his umbrella. However, we didn't travel all the way out to California to find our umbrella, or to lose one. And it is nobody's business except our old Minneapolis friend, Dick Ferris, if we did. Dick is living at the Alex in Los Angeles, and is one of Southern California's most popular and esteemed citizens. Dick has begun bobbling his hair since his early days in Minneapolis, but says that if hair was brains, an old-fashioned parlor sofa would be vice president. Dick is one of the best entertainers in the Southland. One can step inside the Ferris harem almost any time of day or night and meet anybody, from diggers of the ditches to the dignitaries of the ducats. Roscoe Sowles, famous racing driver, Bill Pickings, Barney Oldfield's old manager, Julian Elting, the actor, Harry Grayson, sports editor of The Express, Scotty Chisholm, golf editor and star, King Young, publicity director for Catherine McDonald's Pictures, Ham Beale, another publicity director extraordinary, Bob Henderson, wealthy oil operator and owner of the most beautiful home I have ever spilled ashes in. These are only a few of the legion of good fellows with whom I had the pleasure of swapping stories at the Ferris Chateau. And speaking of stories, I attended a motion picture press agent's banquet and heard a good one on the reformers. According to the story, Reverend Wilbur F. Crafts was addressing an audience of the Hoily Poily, and he started off bombastically like this. You cigar suckers, you cigarette suckers, you pipe suckers. At this juncture, a tenor voice in the rear of the hall sung out. Hey, Doc, you ain't going to forget us, are you? Evidently, a willy boy with an all-day sucker in his hand. Getting back to Dick Ferris, the former Minneapolis theatre magnate, is head of a big taxi concern, and on the side is a promoting fool. Rummaging around in one of Dick's dresser drawers, I ran across a box containing a pair of white silk pyjamas. Inside was a card which, in feminine scrawl, informed Dick that they were to be worn when alone and feeling blue. Dick hasn't been able to wear them, says he hasn't felt blue since Mount Lassen was a small hill. End of section 2